message I was thinking the other day, and it said, before you knew me, I had a gift for you. Before you knew me, I had a gift for you. Now, there are times in which um, we think of our life and we think, you know, like in schools or maybe at where you work that they have a tree in which there are names on the tree and they want you to, or, or uh, individuals who are in need, children who are in need, and you go and take a star off of the tree or take something off the tree and that becomes the gift that you get or you give to someone that you've never met. Well, in the scriptures it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So before Christ, before there was any knowledge on our part about God, God died for us. He came as this child that we celebrate at Christmas time and that he offered himself as in, in his life and in his death as a sacrifice for our sins, as a gift for us. And these people that, you know, perhaps maybe many of you have done in buying gifts or presents for families or individuals or children that you've picked up, picked on the tree at the mall or at school or at work and you went and you um, bought them gifts and gave it to them, you'll never know them, they'll never know you. Well, before you knew me, I had a gift for you. God has a gift for us this Christmas. This Christmas, God has a gift for us. And the gift of, for us is the gift of himself. He came as a child. He came as a child born in a manger in Luke chapter 2, verse, beginning at verse 1. A time, about that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Jesus came to a time and a place. It isn't, you know, as we look at the birth of Christ and the coming of Jesus, it isn't just something that appeared in human history. Uh, it was a definite time, a definite place. It wasn't something that originated around the campfires of some Jewish shepherds out on the hillside. It was to a time and to a place. It was when um, Caesar Augustus ordered a census. Um, there were years ago, I remember, uh, there was a lot of criticism about this scripture because there was no record of Caesar Augustus making such a declaration. Well, now there is. There has found written record that Caesar did have this census. He did have this time in which he ordered people to go back to their homelands. So it was a definite time. It was a definite place. And there was a census taken, and everyone had to travel to their ancestral home. Mary and Joseph were in the wrong place for baby Jesus to be born. The scriptures said that he had to be born in Bethlehem. The prophecies of the Old Testament spoke about the birth of a Messiah and that he would come at an appointed time and he would come from the house of David and he would come and he would be born in Bethlehem. So there is this definite time, there is this definite place, and here is this governor and this Caesar making a declaration about taxation and had no clue about divine intervention, had no clue about divine purpose of the Old Testament and prophecies, but their desire to have taxes brought about the fulfillment of God's plan by Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem, and there this child would be born. 
And so Joseph went from Galilee to the town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judea, David's town, for the census. And as, as a descendant of David, he had to go there. So Mary and Joseph are both descendants of the line of David. And it was prophesied that from the lineage of David, a Messiah would be born and that he would come to the nation of Israel. And he went, Mary and Joseph, they went to this place to, uh, it says here, that he went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Mankind, you know, it's kind of symbolism that we have in our, in our day and age. And throughout time, mankind has had very little time for Jesus. Mankind has had very little time to make room for Christ. We know in our time frame that we live in that we're not allowed to have mangers and, and scenes in public, public places that are provided by the community. They can be provided by religious organizations, but nothing that is of our state or of our tax dollars is to go for the paying of uh, a nativity that would be pre- presented in public. There is no room for him in the inn. There is no room for God in our lives. But the cost of Christmas, <laughs> the cost of Christmas, imagine the sacrifice that had to be made on the part of Jesus Christ. Here he is, the creator of heaven and earth, spoke the world into existence. He, you know, the beauty of heaven, the angels worship him, the angels, you know, adore God, and they are there, and, and here is this, individual this God who spoke the world into existence and he becomes a baby he becomes human we have (laughs) Christ walking into our lives (laughs) we have people walking into through our lives and it's a place where where God is able to to manifest himself is whenever we come and meet 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 Christ you know, this one thing about being a preacher, you always have to be able to go with the flow, you know? <laughs> you never know what's going to happen, you know? So you can't be distracted, right? So, oh, well, I wasn't distracted. Um, where am I? So. <laughs> well, you know, hey, when, when, when your baby Jesus' sister, what can, you, what can you expect, you know? You got full run of the whole place, you know? You, know? you got connections, so... But anyhow, Jesus came as, as a baby born in a manger. The cost, it cost him everything. Everything of his divine nature he set aside. Everything of his divine presence he gave up to become human, to become like us. It cost Jesus everything in his human life. He came here, what did he come? He came to fulfill the will of his Father. He wasn't about doing his own mission and his own life. He was the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. This is the meaning of Christmas, is that Christ has come to be with us. Christ has come to be our Savior. Christ has come to be the gift that is given for all of us. I think it's interesting that evil always reminds us of how bad we've been. God always reminds us how, of how good we can become. So whenever we think of our life and we think of the gifts and you know, the cost of Christmas... The cost of Christmas we perhaps can put in dollars and cents, 
But the cost of Christmas, the birth of Christ, is Christ gave up everything to be our Savior, to come and be like us. Mary gave up everything to be the mother of Jesus. Mary gave up everything because she was engaged, she was espoused. And in that time frame, espoused means that they were in a betrothal period. And it was as if they were married, except they didn't live together. And so Mary and Joseph were engaged to each other, betrothed to each other. It meant that they were legally married, but yet they weren't together. And so it was in that time frame that Mary, Mary conceived and had a child. Can you imagine trying to tell Joseph? Joseph, you know, an angel came to me and told me that I would have a child. Well, Mary, her life was put on the line for this obedience. Because for someone of her age and of her betrothal to be found with a child, to be having a child, meant that she would be stoned. So Mary was giving up everything to, be, to take on this responsibility of being the individual whom God would use to bring himself into the world. So she gave up her credibility as a person. And, you know, because everyone, who was going to believe her? Joseph didn't even believe her. He said he was going to put her away privately. He was going to divorce her privately so that he would then go on with his life and marry someone else. But an angel came to Joseph and said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because that which is conceived in her was conceived of God. And in our life, there are things conceived of God in our hearts. And it is, it is the word of God that comes to us, the word of forgiveness, the word of encouragement, a word of love, a word of hope, a word of relational experiences that breaks down the barriers of our, of our life, of our past, and even gives us hope in the future. God has come to give us that which is his gift to us, himself. I was, we mentioned it in Sunday school this morning that Jesus, you know, whenever you think of Jesus, it wasn't that he was such a handsome man and charismatic personality that drew people to him. It was the word of God that brought us into existence. We are drawn to God, not because he is so beautiful or so extraordinarily attractive that we, we are somehow physically drawn to him. We are spiritually drawn to him because there's, there's, some, there's the quality of the word, the quality of the scriptures, the quality of hope that arises in God that stirs something up inside of us. It's, that, it's the reality of life that comes to us, the reality of God that he loves us. Evil wants to remind you of what you've been. God wants to give you hope of what you can become. Before you knew me, I had a gift for you. <laughs> Before you knew me, I had a gift for you. You know, John chapter 3, verse 16, we know it very well. It says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. 
The purpose of Christ's coming is that we might have a whole and a lasting life. God wants to give to us the gift of life. God didn't, God didn't go to the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing fig, finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. God doesn't come to us and say, you know what, you're a pretty bad person. <laughs> God comes to us and says, I, knew why I, I know why I created you, and it was for a divine purpose. And all of the evil, all of the wrong that's ever been done in your life cannot stop my purpose from being fulfilled in you. Turn your life over to me, and I change it entirely. I have a gift for you, even when you don't know the gift that I have. Even when you didn't know me, I have a gift for you. And God has come to give us that gift. And what does it cost us? Nothing. Because God so loved the world that he gave of himself. He came as a baby so that we might identify with him. And there's nothing in our life that can separate us from Christ except ourselves and our will. Our desire to let it go. So God has a gift for you. God has a gift for you. You see, anyone who comes to Christ, their sins is they are acquitted, and the scripture talks here, and that's a, that's a legal term. It says that he came to help and put the world right. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence. Christ says that all who come to him, their sins are acquitted. All of the wrongs that we have been, have been done in our life have been discharged. They've been completely dropped. That's God's gift to you. It's the gift of himself. And this is the gift that makes a difference. It makes a difference now and for eternity. God has come to give us the gift of himself. Before you knew me, God says, I had a gift for you. And it's the gift of life. It's a gift of love. It's a gift of forgiveness. But if you never open it, it never belongs to you. It sits unopened in a chamber of your life that will never make a difference. That gift will never make a difference unless it is opened. And you and I have that gift. It's given to us. Every person who ever lives will have that gift. The gift of God given to them. The gift of Jesus Christ. And it is a gift that we have but if we don't open it, it never changes us one bit. So that is the gift God has for us, the gift of himself. Before you knew me, Jesus said, I have my gift, the gift of myself to you. That your sins will be acquitted. They will be dropped from your life, never to be remembered against you again. The gift of eternal life. The gift that keeps on giving. Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. About the time Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. A definite time, a definite place. Everyone had to travel to his ancestral home to be accounted for. So Joseph went with 
went from the town of Galilee, from Nazareth, up to Bethlehem in Judea, David's town, for the census. And as a descendant of David, he got, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn or the hostel. And there were shepherds camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly God's angels stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified, and the angel said, Don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everyone worldwide. He has just been born in David's town, a Savior who is a Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket, lying in a manger. This is what you're to look for. God has come to give himself to you, a gift. He has for you the gift of himself, to forgive us of our sins, to put us in a right relationship with him that not only is for today, but for eternity. Father, I thank you for this Christmas season. I thank you for the gift of yourself that has come to us. I pray, Lord, that as we come here together today, I pray, Lord, that your spirit, your word will draw us to you Evil may remind us of all of our failures, but God, you come to us to remind us of the good that you can bring into our lives. God, I pray for your peace. I pray for your joy. I pray for your love. I pray for your forgiveness to be the gift that we open this Christmas, the gift of yourself. I pray this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. At this time, birthdays. Well, we'll, we'll get to the birthdays in a minute. Pardon? We have some important birthdays. Who has an important birthday? Everybody has a one-year-old. A one-year-old? Oh, Bob, Bob Dingus, his birthday's, he's 90 years today? Nope, we had 90. Well, how old are you, Bob? You going to tell us? Bob, how old are you? 92. 92. We have a one-year-old. And we have a one-year-old? I heard there was another one named Miss Nancy. <laughs> he had one yesterday. Anybody else with a birthday? Nancy had one yesterday? Yeah. Oh, happy birthday, Nancy. <laughs> All right, so anyone Anybody else? else? Nathan, can you stand up with your little one? Yeah. And what's his name? Brady. Brady? Oh, Brady's sleeping. Oh, Brady's sleeping. Okay. And Bob and Nancy. So we have Brady, Bob, and Nancy. So we're going to sing. Or if you'd like to stand, Brady, Bob, and Nancy. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to you. Happy Happy birthday to you. <laughs> uh, baby Jesus that was here this morning was, uh, how old is baby Jesus? Four weeks. So 
Yeah. Terry and Tabby's little one. So we have lots of little ones. We have some more coming. Yeah, we have another one. We're going to pray for Andrea. You have one coming, yes. Yeah. Mary waited for G- baby Jesus to be born. How much it is when we're expecting. Um, Andrea's sick this morning, so pray for her. Joe got in touch with me, and she's expecting soon, too. So, and so is Andrea, uh, Adriana. But we need to pray, you know, for all of our mothers that are forthcoming. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we have a number of mothers going to have children. We have... Um, from the Sunday school, we have uh, chocolate that we would, uh, we have a box of candy that we would like to give out. There are, there are some of these. these are caramel. These are, oh, these are cherries and cord, cordial cherries and caramels and cherries and cardinal, ch- whatever they are. Cord, <laughs> whatever. These the, are cherries. These are just cherries. Chocolate covered cherries. These are um, different caramels and chews from Russell Stover's. And Hershey's Pot of Gold. Mm-hmm. So. And I even see some boxes of cookies if we're not so minded. For so that means you have a choice, but not too much of one. <laughs> <laughs> so if I can have some of our boys or girls, young girls, guys, girls, and yeah, come on. Come on. There we go. Which one would you like to take? Take. There you go. Oh, okay. Actually, can they I'll carry? Take the you take what you want. I'll take, the there, take, take, take some of these, and you can pass them out. Whoops. I think these bigger to, to carry a whole box. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can take a box. Well, here, take a whole box. Here, take those. Would you like to take those? See what's coming past? Oh, okay. There you go. Take cookies. See what you, when you see coming by what you'd like to have, flag them down. Come on. Oh, you don't want to give them out? (laughs) All right. That's all I got. What's those? Chocolate covered cherries. Those are chocolate covered cherries. You can take that. All out? Here, take a box. Take another box. See if anybody else. See if anybody else wants any. Okay.